5 again tonight, verse 16, um, which is the fifth commandment. Uh, We're already up to the fifth commandment. Uh, Before we get started on that, as we always do, just a really quick review. Um, Remember that Deuteronomy is mostly composed of these three messages of Moses as he's preparing Israel to go into the promised land. So we are studying the Ten Commandments now, which is part of the second message, one commandment per week. Um, Last week, the fourth commandment, tonight the fifth. So as we start our review, we'll just read through the first four commandments, and then I'll uh, point out a few things from the fourth that we covered last week. So uh, if you would, open your Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter 5. We'll read verses 6 through 15. Deuteronomy 5, 6. I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is on the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my Commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Observe the Sabbath day to keep it holy, as the Lord your God commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter or your male servant or your female servant or your ox or your donkey or any of your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates, that your male servant and your female servant may rest as well as you. And you shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt. And the Lord your God brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. So remember that the Sabbath day is grounded in two things. Uh, What we have right here, that remember that you were a slave in Egypt and the Lord rescued you. Redemption. Uh, is a way you could say that. And also from Exodus 20, when the command was originally given, for in six days the Lord your God made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them. And he rested on the seventh day. So those are the two grounds, the creation, God resting at the end of creation, and God redeeming his people Israel as the reasons for, the grounds for uh, keeping the Sabbath. So keeping the Sabbath means to 
do what God desires, which um, clear in the commandments that it's rest. Um, also, as you go through in Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, especially, that it's also for worship um, and Deuteronomy. So one of the questions that we asked last week was, how should we keep the Sabbath day? Um, And remember that there is a lot of debate about that. There's a lot of debate even if we should keep the Sabbath. Um, So I make the case that as Christians, we still need rest uh, and we still need worship. And there is no better day uh, than a day set aside for that. So uh, we should, and we should gain our understanding from Scripture. And as we think about that under the New Covenant, Jesus observed the Sabbath. Um, In fact, he called himself Lord of the Sabbath. Uh, And he tells us that the Sabbath, uh, that we weren't made for the Sabbath, but that the Sabbath was made for us. Um, And so we closed last time with Isaiah 58 as a good guide for all time, including for us, of how we should think about and, and observe the Sabbath. And here are those two verses. If you turn back your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your desire on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight and the holy day of the Lord honorable, if you honor it, not going your own ways or seeking your own desire or talking idly. So notice the connection between Um, laying aside our own desire and honoring the Sabbath. Calls us to honor the Sabbath, to lay aside basically our own desire to honor the Sabbath. Then you shall take delight in the Lord, and I will make you ride on the heights of the earth. I will feed you with the heritage of Jacob, your father, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. So that's really the heart of the matter as we think about how we should honor the Sabbath, not seeking our own desires, which equals delighting in the Sabbath, which leads to delighting in the Lord. Um, and so that's a summary of where we've been with the first four commandments, and now we'll move on to the fifth. Uh, the fourth and the fifth commandments are are. Related, they, have, they share some characteristics. Um, so the fourth commandment is about laying aside our own desires and submitting ourselves to God's authority to command us to rest. The fifth commandment is about honoring parents. Laying aside our own desires and submitting ourselves to the authority that God has commanded to be over us. And so here's how the fifth commandment reads in verse 16. Honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God commanded you, that your days may be long and that you then it may go well with you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. So that's the whole entire Uh, fifth commandment in Deuteronomy. So you've probably heard of 
two tables of the law. The one is the first four um, commandments. The, the next one is the next six, so commandments five through ten. Um, often summarized, the first four commandments are those that are teach you to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength. Um, and then commandments five through ten about loving your neighbor as your Self. So this is the first of the love your neighbor uh, commandments. You know, all of the commandments are important and there is, there are connections between commandments and there's quite a bit of overlap uh, between commandments. Just as an example, if we, if we keep the commandment to honor our father and mother, we also honor God. Uh, at the same time. So there is a lot of overlap. But these commandments aren't given in random order. Um, so there's a reason that, that this table of the commandments starts with the one that it does, with this fifth commandment. Now, does that mean it's more important than the sixth commandment, for example? Uh, not necessarily, but it, but it is this. It is foundational I think everybody would agree that it's foundational to the, the commandments as they follow. Um, if we get this one wrong, uh, it's way more likely that we're not going to keep the other ones, the ones that come after it. So tonight we will um, ask the same two questions that we did last week. So what does this commandment mean? And how should we keep this commandment. So let's start with the first question. That seems like a good place to start. Um, So what does this commandment mean? Honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God commanded you, that your days may be long and that it may go well with you in the land that the Lord your God is Giving you. So remember that, that this commandment was originally given on Mount Sinai about 39 years before Moses is speaking here. Uh, and when God gave the Ten Commandments, he spoke them to all the people um, of the people of Israel, and he spoke them out loud. Uh, in other words, everybody could hear that it was God speaking to them. And so that's recorded in Exodus chapter 20, um, like I said, about 39 years earlier. Um, so that the Exodus version of this is almost the same, but it is a little bit shorter. So I'm going to put it up on the screen now. This would be from Exodus uh, 20, verse 12. Remember, remember, if it's from a different book, I'll usually put it in yellow, the reference in yellow. So, so it's a bit shorter. Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. So it is shorter. There are a couple of clauses that aren't in Exodus. But where they are, where they overlap, they're word for word. Uh, they are the same So we're in Deuteronomy, we'll look primarily at the longer version, but just note that, um, that we've got two extra clauses in here that were not given on Mount Sinai. So back to our first question, what does this commandment mean? 
Um, so let's, let's just take a look at it clause by clause. So we'll start with the beginning. Honor your father and your mother. So, so to whom is Moses speaking or to whom is God giving this commandment? Um, well, Moses, again, like, like, um, like at Exodus, Moses is gathering the whole nation of Israel. Whatever can be qualified, classified as the whole country, that's what he's doing. So how about outside of Israel? Is this a commandment that is valid outside of Israel? Another way to say this was, was this a commandment that would be that was put in place at the time of creation so it governs all people or is this something specific to Israel um, well John Frame would make the case that all of these ten commandments were creation commandments the ten commandments that's the thing that they all have in common is that that they have been understood since the beginning of since the time that humans were on the earth, that these have been understood. In the New Testament, Paul sometimes writes this, this statement. Doesn't nature itself teach you this? Well, just think about uh, human history and think about people around the world um, and that there is, until at least very recently, um, a general belief that this is the right thing to do, that people have that understanding that they should honor their parents, that they should be submissive to their parents. So um, I would say, yeah, I mean, that, that makes perfect sense to me, that it is valid for everybody that has a mother and a father which is most of us, all of us, except for Adam and Eve, right? So, so let's turn to, return to the question, to whom is Moses speaking? Um, when he says, we will we'll come back to that question, is what I mean there. So how do you understand what it means to honor your father and mother? What does that mean? Probably all have some ideas in your mind. How do you honor someone? What kind of word is honor? So, so we'll go back to just to the Hebrew word that is used here. Um, it, it includes things like this. The range of meaning of this word includes things like to make something heavy which doesn't seem like it would apply or be related to, um, to, to, being, to honoring something, to make it heavy, until you consider the opposite of that. Make light of. Making light of your parents would not honor them. So the other, the range of meaning also includes to make honorable, to make honorable, make something honorable, or to honor, 
or to glorify this morning in the in the call to worship um, uh, it said to I think the ESV says glorify God I read it as honor God same same word exactly so the base the meaning of this base word that this comes from is is to be heavy to glory um, it can mean wealth it can mean honor. It can mean fear, as in reverence, um, or to submit to. Those are all uh, definitions that come from, or or um, that come from the Brown's Driver Briggs uh, lexicon of this word and its various forms. But in Scripture, it's used in parallel with the word for praise. So to honor somebody by praising them. Um, And also, quite commonly, with the idea of fear. To fear someone or to reverence someone. Used in parallel, that means used as a synonym in two side-by-side or back-to-back clauses. It means the same thing. It's two ways of describing the same thing. To reverence and to honor are two ways to describe uh, the same thing. So if you read any commentaries on the Ten Commandments and you get to this one, um, just about everybody will say there'll be a lot of things they include in what it means to honor your father and your mother. But they would almost all include these three, in one way or another. One, reverence or fear. Reverence or fear. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read a verse. Um, actually, I'll read three verses from Leviticus. Um, and we'll see uh, why that would be used. And this is one of those times where I, I mentioned it's in parallel with the word for reverence or fear. This is Leviticus 19, verses 1 through 3. And remember, we talked about this uh, a week or two ago, that Leviticus 19 um, is like an exposition of the Ten Commandments. Um, Quite a bit of it is. It's also the chapter where you find, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. So that's where we are um, in... Uh, the Bible. So this is Leviticus 19, verses 1 to 3. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to all the congregation of the people of Israel and say to them, You shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. Every one of you shall revere his mother and father. I guess it's not in parallel, but he's clearly quoting or referring to this commandment. Every one of you shall revere his mother and his father, and you shall keep my Sabbaths, the the previous commandment. I am the Lord your God. So just about everybody who would comment on honor would include this, that it means to have reverence for. Secondly, they would include something along these lines, either to be obedient to, or to submit to, to humble yourself, um, would be another way that, that somebody might put this way. Put this one: 
Humble yourself before your parents. Obey your parents. Submit to your parents. So that could include a lot of things. One of, the, one of those most important things is that is to teach. So the reason, I mean, as we were going through, uh, when I was, we were singing those hymns that we were singing today and thinking of, I was thinking of this morning's uh, message with uh, Pastor Randy talking about Jesus being a teacher and that we are becoming disciples of Jesus Christ, which means that we are being to be like him. So one of the, Jesus was known as a teacher. And so all of us as believers, whether or not we have the, what's called the gift or the office of teaching, if we're going to be disciples of Jesus Christ, we teach. Um, and one of the th- ways that we teach is we teach our children. Proverbs 3, 1 and 2. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart Keep my commandments, for length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. That actually sounds quite a bit like the commandment too. You may live long, that you may that it may go well with you. Um, so, obedience to their teaching, submission to their teaching. Um, being humble before your parents. Uh, and thirdly, that, again, every commentator is going to make this point that it means to care for your parents uh, when they need to be cared for. Offer financial support to your parents when they need financial Support. So we've got that as a teaching of Jesus, don't we? I mean, just exactly we have that as Jesus' teaching in Mark 7, and um, I think it's in Matthew 15, but I'm just going to read from Mark 7, actually referring to this commandment, specifically to this commandment, specifically to the commandment out of Deuteronomy. For Moses said, honor your father and your mother, and whoever reviles his father and mother must surely die. But I say to you, that's the Matthew version must must refer all the way to this commandment, including live long long in in the land, etc. Whoever reviles father or mother must surely die. But I say to you, if a man tells his father or mother, whatever you would have gained from me is korban, that is given to God. In other words, I've already made this gift to somebody else, to God. I've given it to the church. I've given it to uh, the temple. I've committed to give it. I've made a pledge that I'm going to give this. And so even though it might have helped you, I'm not going to give it to you. Even though you're in need as my parent, I'm not going to give it to you. Then you no longer permit him to do anything for his father or mother, thus making void the word of God by your tradition that you have handed down, and many such things you do. So, there, in the teaching of Jesus, caring for our 
parents in a financial way um, is also uh, included in honoring our parents. So who are your mother and father? I'm going to look at that a couple of different ways. The first way is, who was Moses speaking to? Um, So when Moses gives this commandment, to whom is he talking primarily? Well, if we go back to the previous commandment, he says that you're to keep the Sabbath. You and your sons and your daughters and your male slave and your female slave, talking primarily to heads of households, talking to adults. When he says, honor your father and mother, talking to adults. Um, And so when Moses spoke, how did people understand what it meant then to honor your father and mother? What it meant, what father and mother meant to them. So it would include your parents, obviously. Um, it would also include your grandparents. It would also include your great-grandparents. It would also include any of your ancestors. Um, not sure if you've heard this before or know this, but, but the word for ancestor in Hebrew is the same as the word for father. Exactly the same. Exactly the same. And so, when you hear, that's why you hear, I am the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. For generations and generations, that's why Jesus quotes it, one of the ways Jesus quotes it. Fathers... Israel would have understood fathers to include all of that, um, all of their ancestors. There are also other things. One of the things that that, um, John Frame points out that I hadn't really thought about, but when when you think about it, you probably probably remember that there are many places in in the Old Testament where uh, the Bible calls someone a father who isn't literally who you're not descended from. Um, and one of those places is in Second uh, Kings. And so in Second Kings, this is where uh, with Elijah and Elisha, um, and it says um, this. This is, this is Elijah speaking to, or this is Elisha speaking to Elijah. And he said, you have asked a hard thing, yet if you see me as I am being... This is Elijah first, and it's Elisha that's going to answer. And he said, you have seen, asked a hard thing. If you see me as I am being taken from you, uh, it shall be so for you. But if you do not, you will not see me, then I, it will not be so. And as they, were, as they went on and talked, behold, chariots of fire... Now you know where we are. And horses of fire separated the two of them. And Elijah went up in a whirlwind to heaven. And Elisha saw it and cried, My father. 
my father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen, and he saw him no more. Um, a couple weeks ago, we're in. I'm studying judges with a group of people, and, and Deborah, the judge, calls herself a mother of Israel. Um, and so, um, they would have understand. How do, how would you decide then who is your father? We prayed tonight to our father. Um, well, what's it referring to? It's referring to someone that deserves the honor because fathers deserve honor and mothers deserve deserve honor uh, and so it is someone it includes those people who would be deserve honor so in, somewhere in it would say something like this and he was the the father of everybody who played the flute so the original flute player was would have been called would have been called father. So the scope of what they would refer to as father is probably much bigger than than we would think that it is. As the Lord your God commanded you. So as the Lord your God commanded you means that um, remember, don't forget at Mount Sinai that I gave this commandment, that the Lord gave this commandment to you. But it also implies this, when it's framed in this specific commandment, the Lord can command you to honor who he wants you to honor. He decides who we are to honor. Um, So, and, and, and throughout Scripture... God commands us to honor other people. He calls us to honor each other. Um, He calls you to honor all men. Um, So it may not technically be part of this commandment, but just know that any other commandment that God gives like that is just as binding um, as this one is. That your days may be long. So, This should probably be understood um, in relation to the last clause. um, And that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. So So, um, this was, this was part of the Sinai. This is how the Sinai commandment read um, if you go to Exodus that your days may be long in the land that your Lord, Lord your God is giving you, which probably means that it, you're, you would be able to remain in that land for a long time. Probably still includes, also includes long life. Uh, can include that. Um, but it is the promise. That's the whole promise from the uh, Exodus 20 account. So, um, so why would Moses then um, add this, and that it may go well with you? So this wasn't in the Exodus commandment, that it would be go well with you. So, well, why would he do that? Because he was inspired to do so, first of all. And secondly, it is included in other places where it tells you to obey all of the commandments. 
So all of the commandments, like at the end of the first message of Moses in uh, Exodus 4.40, that's part of it. These two things together, that, that your days may be long and that it would go well with you in the land that your Lord your God is giving you. I think it ends up with for all time. Um, so what does it mean to go well with you? Well, probably means that things are good for you personally if you honor your parents. Just think of the general quality of life that, would, that are better, that you have better if we honor our parents. Um, and it's good for all people to honor parents. Society is way better off uh, if we honor our parents. Um, so what else does it mean? It also means this. Um, that you would be prosperous in that it may go well with you in, in that you will be prosperous in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. So, of course, the, the opposite would also be true. If you don't honor your parents, it will not go well for you. For your society. It will not go well. So the promise goes along with this last clause as well. So both of those clauses, that your days may be long and that it may go well with you, are referring to in the land that Israel is going into in its original context. That's what what it means, that the Lord your God is Giving you So the Lord giving the land is, is referred to like in a past tense sometimes, in a future tense sometimes, here in a continuous idea. Uh, it's, it's a participle. It can mean that the Lord your God is giving you, as in translated here. It can mean that he will continually give it to you. It can mean that he is about to give it to you. Um, that makes sense as well. But the, but the point is, it's the Lord's land to give. And it's the Lord's land to take you out of it. Um, and um, he can do that, take you out of it, let you live long in it, with the condition that you honor your father and your mother. So how should we keep this commandment? Um, well, there are, there are a lot of ways you can imagine with those three things that everybody includes. We could go about, we could talk on this for, now we wouldn't have to go on to the next commandment for the next, next several weeks, um, but we, we won't cover them all tonight. Um, but we don't want to take our cue from what it means to honor our father and mother from our society. The example I read from you from Mark, from the general idea. Well, you know, we don't want to take our, our idea that, that we can get out of um, caring for our parents if we know just the right way to do it. Um, so one of the commentaries, and I don't remember which one it was, but, but it struck me. Honoring parents is not limited to when they're alive. So, right away I thought of uh, something that I just couldn't get out of my mind. 
And it was um, like a year and a half ago or so, almost a year and a half ago that, that Debbie Taubert passed away, Brenda's mom. And she had left kind of specific instructions of what she wanted for her, for her funeral. Um, I've got some of them with me. But, but, but something happened. Things didn't happen like she expected them to, to happen. Things happened rather quickly. Um, and it was probably unusual that there were so many family there, members there at the time when she passed away. She got a do- diagnosis of um, cancer like on, I think it was on Friday and Sunday she passed away. But um, they had given her a couple months to live. And, but everybody came. I mean, everybody that could did. Um, and here are some of her instructions. Somebody, I don't even know who sent this to me. I'm sending this at the request of Debbie Taubert. She recently met with you to make her basic arrangements regarding cremation. So she wasn't, whoever it was, it wasn't writing this to me. These are plans that she described to me on 2-29-20 and reconfirmed with me on 8-21-22. She would like the following people involved in her memorial. Officiate, Pastor Randy. Pianist, Carla Brown. Paula Bears. Oldest children present from each family. Um, message, a clear presentation of the gospel. Songs, in Christ alone, blessed assurance, great is thy faithfulness. Picture, she doesn't want picture displays. Just a video for people to watch. She has a butterfly picture in her bedroom that she would like displayed to represent, thank God for being with me through the changes of my life. Bible, in the back of her Bible, she would like read what I believe, planned out by God. She doesn't want you saying flowery things about me. I'm only a sinner saved by grace. Well, uh, I mentioned that big family, lots there. I think there, well, I know there are six kids. Um, And then there are spouses. And then there are 34 grandchildren and 33 Great grandchildren, and all of the grandchildren would say that uh, nobody ever loved me like that. And something like that. And so you can imagine as everybody's gathered together, everybody wants to honor grandma in their own way. Every, everybody wants to say flowery things about her. At the end of it all, um, well, and, and, and it went on longer because we had to wait a while. Um, Pastor Randy just happened to be uh, on vacation for an extended period of time, and he'd already cut his vacation short to come back for Gordy Carlson's funeral, if you remember that. And so... Um, but ended up with um, 
something about as close to what she wanted as, as you could have had. And I sent this. This is what made me think of this now. I sent this message to Brenda's brother, Greg. So these are pretty amazing devices here. Um, this is still in my text messages from 929 of 22. Greg, thanks for keeping your mom's wishes front and center through all this. You're a rock. And he responded back, children obey your parents. That was his whole message back. So he, I'm sure he got that from uh, Ephesians chapter 6, which we'll come back to in a, in a couple minutes. But um, the service was kept as simple as possible. Um, and she was honored. Well, that made me think of Joseph in the Old Testament. He left wishes like that. Take my bones back to the field by Shechem. And so 400 years later, they took his bones back to the field near Shechem. So let's go back to what Greg quoted which was, children obey your parents. So when I, when I was a younger dad, kids at home, um, I used that for really selfish reasons. <laughs> In fact, it always seemed to me that that would be the primary reason to say, children obey your parents parents. It seems self-serving to me to do that. So I was actually kind of reluctant to use that, that line. Here's where it comes from. Ephesians 6 uh, verses, verse 1 is where it is. Um, I'm going to read, go a couple more verses from that. Children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. So we shouldn't feel like we're doing something self-serving by teaching our kids to obey your parents. Honor your father and mother. Ah, oh, here we go. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. That's probably the text I was thinking of earlier. And then this. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. So those things are contrasting. Don't provoke them to anger, but... Bring them up in the discipline and in the instruction of the Lord. We're to be teachers. 
uh, write in the passage about honoring your father and mother is that we are to be teachers. So our society is kind of running away from that, um, from honoring parents. We're, we're more likely to think we need to honor our kids, um, but that doesn't really teach them much good, um, and it's not good for our society because it is fundamental to our society, the family is, and then this is fundamental to the family working correctly. Um, had an article here, I'm just going to give you the title of it uh, because it was shocking from Time Magazine just last year, last September. The headline was, The U.S. Economy Needs More Two-Parent Families. In Time Magazine. And, you know, reading through that and, and going through the economic benefits, etc., and trying to find ways around it, of course, but, but the economic benefit of two-parent families of children honoring their fathers and mothers and fathers bringing up children um, with discipline and instruction of the Lord. That was in, that was Time Magazine. It's a, it's a really long, well, not really long article. It takes about five minutes to read, but it's, it's, it's worth reading. It's from September of, of 23. So teaching our kids is to honor their father and mother isn't self-serving um, at all, really. It's really far from it. What it does, it's the loving thing to do for our kids. That it may go well with you and you will live long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. I'd want to teach my kids that. Now, if I could think back on that. That's what I'd want to teach them. It's about loving God. It's about honoring God. It's about loving our neighbors. Society is way better off if we teach our kids to honor their father and their mother and their grandparents, and their great-grandparents. Next, it's honoring to our parents, to those who hear this commandment from Moses. It's honoring to their parents. If you want to know how to honor your parents, teach your kids to honor their parents. Um, And so that's how one of the ways that we honor our parents. Honor your father and mother as the Lord your God commanded you, that your days may be long and that it may go well with you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Let's close in prayer and then we'll have our final hymn. Uh, Father, we thank you for... um, Parents who have taught their kids your commandments. Uh, Thank you for uh, my own parents 
and the positive ways that they have taught me and influenced me. And for uh, each person here who can uh, say the same thing, Lord, we know that it is in all wisdom that you set up the family as, as the building block of society. Lord, we pray that you would help us and strengthen us uh, as we fulfill our roles uh, as teachers of the next generations. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.